0: Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. I have my come up here for a moment. <laughs> Let her just say hello to everybody. Hello. You might not know you might not know me, but I know you. <laughs> I got saved in this church. Pastor Ruben taught me how to love Jesus. Um, I watched you guys be faithful. I watched you. I don't know. I learned so much from this church. This is my home, and I'm thankful to be here tonight. So come say hello if you hello if you remember me if you don't I, I didn't have this back in the day but <laughs> Anyway, God bless you all and I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. We got 3 days so it's going to be fun. Bless you. Thank you, honey. It really is a blessing. I've known Pastor Ruben for a long, long time and that you know I got encouraged today. I was feeling old and then I the Lord kind of spoke to me. The presidents didn't get there till they were 70. Come on, they didn't even get started until they were 70. So we're just getting going right now. Amen. We, the Lord's doing good things. It's good. I remember back when we were all skinny. <laughs> yeah, man, I remember those days, Edgy. <laughs> John, yeah, it was different back then, but we're good now. Amen. We're doing it now. The Lord has enriched us and blessed us greatly. Amen. So we're excited to be with you the next few nights. We're going to see what the Lord will do. I believe he's going to touch a lot of lives. And he's going to encourage us and lift us up and help us. Tonight's just a simple message, and then we want to deal with some, some more intense things as the, as the next couple of nights go. We want to pray for everybody that needs prayer, and so I know the Lord's going to do something great. Amen? Amen. Are you excited? Yeah. You're looking good. You really are. Amen. So I believe we're living in a strange time. We all know that, and right now what we really need is a church to be bold again. The church has somehow lost its passion. We're somehow just kind of going through the motions. We, we need to, I was talking with Pastor Anthony right before, so we need to hit like on the Ways app, recenter, recalibrate. We need to come back to the basics and get back to what God's called us to do. Amen. And we really need that. And so tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the miracle in the mismatch. The miracle and the mismatch. And let's talk about that for a moment. I'm going to come out of Judges, the 20th chapter, if you have your Bibles, if you have your iPhones, however you're doing it. Judges, the 20th chapter. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 14. It says, The children of Benjamin gathered together from the cities to Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. And from their cities at that time the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered, now watch this, 700 select men. Among all these people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. I want to say it again. Among these people, there were 700 select men. They were left-handed, and they could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. And not miss. Now, I'm not uh, the greatest sports fanatic, but every once in a while I sit, sit in a hotel room or somewhere and I watch sports. And I remember I was watching a game. It was a basketball game. And let me, let me just, for those of you that don't know sports at all, I'll help you. In basketball, you have five players on each team. And those five players each get five fouls. You hit somebody and you get a foul. After five fouls, they put you out. And there's four quarters in the game. So five players, five fouls, four quarters, okay? So I'm watching UNC play Duke. Now, these are the really great teams. Both of them are out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And and there's only like three minutes left to the game. And it's a great game. And all of a sudden, the commentator comes on, interrupts the game, and and says, we're going to go to another channel, to another game. We want you to see this. And they took us to another channel. And the next channel was Alabama- playing Minnesota. Now, neither one of these teams are any good, okay? They're, 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 just, they're just not all that good, but, and I'm, I'm trying to be respectful, but they're no comparison to UNC and Duke, okay? There's just none. But here's what had happened. You've got five players, but you also have a, a few players on the bench. If these five players foul out, get to the five fouls, one of those guys can come take their place. Well, what had happened is Alabama had lost their bench. In other words, all of those players had fouled out, Okay, all of them had fouled out. They only had seven active players. They're going into the fourth quarter. They're almost done with the game, and most of the players on the court have four fouls. Now there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter. And right there right, the two min- minutes, and these guys, they, a fight breaks out. And so they start fighting, and, and, and a couple more of the guys get thrown out. So, so now what ends up happening is Alabama only has three players left. That's, that can play. Only three players. And so uh, there's a NCAA, double, uh, NCAA rule, Article 2, <laughs> that says as long as there's a player that's eligible to play, they can continue to play. If the referee thinks there's any kind of a chance at all that they can play the game and maybe win, then, then they get to continue to play. So the coach, the referee says, okay, we're going to play with the three. What, do you want to play three against five? And the coach calls them together and he says, listen, man, the odds are against us. This is a mismatch. This is a mismatch. But we've decided we can beat this thing. Let's play. We got 10 minutes and and 41 seconds left. Now, all of a sudden, I'm interested in the game. I don't care if they're good or not. It's a mismatch. It's three guys against five, okay? And so we're all sitting there watching this. ESPN has now shut down all the football games, all the other basketball. Everybody's watching the mismatch. Hmm. I want you to hear that. Everybody watches the mismatch. Everybody's looking at it. So so people to this day still go there and look for that on that. You can go Google it and find it. And so what ends up happening by the very end, they only have it's eighty nine to eighty four. These three guys make it all the way to the end and they play this all this game. So so I don't know what you're up against today. And I don't know what what your odds are for you. I don't know how far down you are, but I came to tell you there's a miracle in the middle of a mismatch. There's a miracle in the middle of it. God is still God and there's none beside him. Amen. This is where we find ourselves in this story. uh, This Judges chapter 20. I love that the Bible is so intentional with its words. It tells us exactly how many men are out there. 700 of them. And it describes that all of them were left-handed. All of them are left-handed. Now, now why would God give us that kind of detail? Why would he be so intentional? He's, he's trying to show us something. Now, there's an article that I read written by this theologian, and I can give you the thing if you want to see it, but they were all left-handed, the theologian says, because they're no longer right-handed. Somewhere along the road of battle and warfare, they had lost in a battle their right hands or they had been captured and the enemy had chopped off their right hands. They did not have their right hands anymore. So the scripture tells us they were left-handed. Now what's crazy is they're from the tribe of Benjamin, which means the son of my right hand. Yeah, okay. So now we have men fighting okay, with their left hand because they don't have no right hand anymore. I want you to hear this, okay? And so, so what do you do when what you're known for, a right-handed warrior, you no longer have that anymore? When you no longer are part of the vatos anymore? You have to fight for what you are becoming. What do you do when what you used to do, you don't do it no more? You used to be a drug addict, an alcoholic, or whatever. What do you do when you don't do that no more? You fight for what you are becoming. Okay? What do you do when people who used to know you as Spider, <laughs> and now you actually got a real name, am I making you nervous? You fight for who you are becoming. They were left-handed. Because they had no right hand and the seed for a miracle is, listen to me very carefully, the seed for your miracle is always sown in the soil of adversity. In the soil of adversity. You you can't choose how you get wounded in life. You don't get to choose how you get hurt and how the wound comes. But you do get to choose how you heal. Amen. These 700 men had come to a conclusion, I'm not what happened to me, my condition is not my conclusion. I'm not going to be this because of something that happened in my life. You have to know that, amen. Somewhere in your life, all of us are going to get wounded. All of us are going to have something happen to us. But I want to say to you, there is still fight in you if you will fight. It's still in there, okay? There's chaos all around, but you can still do it. Seven-handed men were were left-handed because they had no right hand, and they made a decision that I am not going to stay in this condition. I'm going to come out and be a fighter like I always was. I'm still a son of a right hand. So my first point is everybody has a battle. Everybody has a battle, okay? It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what, what, what you look like. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you have. Everybody fights a battle sometime in their life. Everybody. And if you aren't careful, you, you will let how you got wounded determine where you're going to get healed. Oh, you, I'll, I'll just keep moving. You must have in your mind made up that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to fight for what I believe for. I, 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 yeah, I lost my hand, but I'm going to fight for what I believe for. Let's be honest. Sometimes we just get tired of fighting. We just get tired. We get weary. Sometimes it seems like it's taking so long for something to happen in our lives. We've been going along and, and we, just, we just start to fog up. There was a a thing that came out recently is about a bunch of scientists and doctors, and they said that because of all the stuff that happened with COVID in these last few years, that that everything that happened in two years is the equivalent to what would usually happen to us in a 10-year period of time, the stress. The condition is called pandemic brain. Okay, just for so, So what a person used to hear one time, they could hear it one time, they could remember it for about two weeks on average. Now they can remember it for about 45 seconds. That's what the scientists are saying because they're, they're, they're overwhelmed. So I don't know if you've ever been around people that are called first responders. They're the first people that come into an emergency situation. If they find somebody that's been wounded and they, they, they come to that person, they'll start yelling instructions to that person what to do. And they'll yell the same instruction over and over and over again because the first responder understands that that person that's in that crisis their brain is fogged up they're not they're not processing right and so they keep yelling the same thing to them until they finally respond the 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 the, their brain has to catch up with what's going on and so to be honest we all come to a place where we got fogged up brains (laughs) where we get tired because we get wounded in warfare. We get wounded in life. Somehow, somewhere, somebody does something. Something happens to all of us. Amen. It's just, the devil gets in. Whatever. And things go on. And if we're not careful, what we try to do is heal ourselves. Instead of going back to the one who made you in the first place. You can't fix yourself because you didn't make yourself. Okay, you're going to have to go back. Listen to me. I want you to hear this very carefully. There is a warranty on your life. And if you will take you back to the maker, he will repair the, the, the article. Amen. He will take care of you. He will put you back together again. Somebody say amen. He's the maker. And in the middle of the warfare, when you're tired, I want to tell you something. He can resurrect you. He can lift you up again. And you can fight again. God can use your life. Okay. So, so, so here they are. Somewhere in life, they've been overtaken by an enemy. Somehow, these men had all lost their right hand, and there they are. The the significant part of their life is now gone, and all they're experiencing is this great pain in their life. Now, let me go back a little bit. My wife, mamacita there, she has given me a lot of wonderful gifts for my birthday, for Christmas and things. I'm going to be honest, I can't remember a lot of them. I know she did it, because if she wouldn't, have, I'd have been scarred. (laughs) but i know she gave me good things okay i can't remember all of them but i do remember how i got my scars how many of you have a scar on your body a scar from how many of you remember how you got the scar isn't it amazing you can't remember the beautiful gifts that somebody gives you but you can remember the scars because they tell a story scars tell a story they tell a story. Scars are proof that whatever tried to overcome you, and whatever tried to kill you, did not get it done. That's what a scar tells you. Everyone wants to be victorious, but nobody wants to fight the battle to be victorious. And so you have to fight somewhere. You have to stand up. You have to believe God. Can, can you imagine going to a basketball game with five people on the court and no, no uh, defense, just, uh, just offense, just five guys shooting a basket? It's not even a game. Can you imagine going to a tennis a tennis match and there's only one person playing? You have to have a defense. There's something about that 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 causes that that adversary, that opponent causes. Listen to me. It causes the champion in you to show up. You won't know you're a champion if you don't have opponents. You won't know you're a champion if you don't have a fight. You won't know what you can do if you don't come to there. So, so I'm telling you, victory always comes through some kind of a battle, some kind of a pain, some kind of a wound. Somewhere there's got to be a struggle. And that is proof that there's something of a champion inside of you. We all have it. We all have battles. All of us. Amen. Pastor Ruben's had a few I've had a few. We've all had a few battles. It, it happens to everybody. You're not the only one in the world that's ever been through some of these things. People have gone through some ugly things. Amen. Amen. I, I, I counsel people. I listen to them. And I think I've got problems till I hear them. And I realize, man, there's a real fight. Second of all, we all have choices. We all have choices. These 700 men had a choice. They could have said, wow, I've lost my right hand. How am I supposed to hold a sword? How am I supposed to go to battle? How am I supposed to fight? They could have stayed home. In fact, if you was in the military in America today and you lost a limb, they wouldn't, even, they wouldn't make you go home. They wouldn't let you stay in the, uh, in the army. You would be discharged honorably, but you would be discharged. These men in this day had a choice. Huh. We're born looking like our parents. We die looking like our choices. Okay, these 700 men wrapped their wounds up, they could have gone home, they could have sat back, and they could have said, I'm, I can't go no more, but instead, they wrapped their wounds up, and they said, let's figure out how to fight. Let's go back into the battle, we still believe in our country, we still believe in our kingdom, we still believe in our God, we still believe in our families, amen, and they said, we're going to go back to fight. They have choices. Always remember, you are the choices that you made. Okay? So these 700 men were hand picked. That's what the scripture says. Because they could not pick their own hand. They were chosen, they were chosen by God. God says there's 700 left-handed. They were chosen by God because they had a choice. Not because they were forced to do something, but they had a choice. They could have quit. The Bible says in our scripture that they could throw a sling in a rock. And hit a horse's hair. Now now listen. They were all right-handed. Now they've got to learn how to do it with the left hand. They've got to wrap that sling up. You know, that in the old days it was a long strip with a little patch in the where You put the rock in and you sling it around and shoo, let it go. Okay? They had to figure out how to do that from being right-handed how to do that from being left-handed, and the Bible says that they would do this and they could hit a horse's hair. So I, I looked that up, and let me explain that t- to you for just a minute. That, that is, they would take a, a tail, the, t- the hair out of a horse's tail. They would go 40 yards away. That's about as far as half of a football field. They would tie a rock on that horse's hair so that the hair would just be straight. Those guys would stand back, wind up, and they could hit that hair at 40 yards with a stone. How many times do you think they missed Before they finally learned how to hit it. How long did they have to practice with their left hand when they were right handed? Now I can imagine what they felt like the first time they let go of the snow. I know what I would do. The snow, out there somewhere. It's like when I go golfing. It just goes over there. (laughs) That's why I quit after the first. Never mind. (laughs) They could have said, look, man, this is severe enough that we're going home. But they did not. Listen, I want you to hear this. If you will fight for something, you'll fight to keep it. If you'll fight for it, you'll fight to keep it. They would not allow their condition to become their conclusion. They will fight for it. They would believe in it. They had, they they knew it was an honor to be a warrior. They knew it was an honor to be in that battle. I don't know if you guys remember Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali in the rumble for the jungle. Remember that fight? Oh, you guys are young. It was a big fight. It was called the rumble in the jungle. And he went to the Philippines. It was one of his famous fights. And he fought and, and he got beat pretty bad. But he won the fight. In the end, he, he went through the struggle. He went through the stress. And you know what happened to Muhammad Ali afterwards? They found him in his locker room. He locked the door, wouldn't let nobody in because he was crying. And they said, what are you crying for? You won the fight. What's going on? He said, because it's such a privilege to be able to get in the ring and fight. That's the way these men felt. It's a privilege to be able to fight in the kingdom of God. It's a privilege to fight for what God's doing in the earth. It's a privilege to believe God, and we're, we're excited to believe God, and if we go down, we go down, but it's a privilege to be here, and I'm not gonna sit at home when I can be here and fight for the kingdom of God. And so they stood up and they fought for it, and whatever you fight for, you'll fight to keep. So they had a choice. They could stay in the fight, Or they could make an excuse and go back home they stayed they made a demand upon themselves we can't do with our right hand no more but we're gonna learn how to do it with our left hand 700 men figured out how to throw a sling like that i want you to look at your neighbor and tell them you got a choice you got a choice now look at your other neighbor you got a choice if you run from something you'll run from everything amen you got to somewhere get tough. you got to somewhere understand that we're living in a world that's lost. we got to somewhere understand that our hearts have to be after the Father's heart. You know, I was sharing with somebody that taught last night in our church, and the prodigal son is a story of a... You know, guys know the story. The son went off, and then he comes back, and the father was there, ran out to meet him. That heart, the father's heart... We always look at that story a different way. I want, to, I want to share something. That is us. We are the father. We're supposed to have the heart of a father running after a lost world engaging for those that are lost and broken and in the pig's pen and those that have lost it. We're supposed to be the ones running after them, opening the door, believing God for them, fighting for them. And, and so some people just lay down and quit. But you and I are called, listen, this church is called to stand up and fight. It's never been a weak church. We've always been a strong church. Pastor Ruben's always sent people out. Amen. Amen that's that's who we are we're not the people that bow down and cower down and try to get everybody's favor we're not trying to be rude or crude but we're going to stand up and fight for what we know is right amen we're going to stand and fight for the kingdom of god and there's still a battle in you if god can get to go through you amen the bible says god did not bring you this far to leave you philippians 1 6 and it might seem like in your life right now you're at a mismatch Things aren't working the way you thought it was. Things aren't, aren't going the way you thought they would. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. There's Somebody's putting a curse on you. You're living under a curse. You're living under some generational something. You don't even know what it is. You're struggling with a, you're living in a lie. You know that you're, there's a lie in your life and your family and your, your history. And you're battling and fighting with it. I want to tell you something. Don't You haven't come this far to quit. You don't quit at this time, amen? You gotta stand up. I know you're bleeding. I know you've lost a limb. I know it's ugly. I know you've hurt. I know that, but God wants you to fight. God has something special for you. If you quit now, you're gonna miss the miracle that God has for you in your next season. You can miss that miracle. There's a miracle in that mismatch. I know that it doesn't seem fair that you, you've you been wounded and hurt. I get it, it's not fair, but you can win this fight. You could stand up and fight and if there was no mismatch nobody would watch it. Nobody would turn on Alabama and Minnesota. But it was a mismatch and nobody would turn on your life if there wasn't a mismatch. It's the mismatch that causes people to say, "Hey, what's going on over there? How are they doing it? What's happening in their life?" Amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Progress is not always pretty. Progress is sometimes pretty hard. Nobody wants to put the work in for it. And, and, but somebody had to get out there and sling that sling and throw it a, a, however many times to figure out how to hit a horse's hair at 40 yards. That's a long way, my friend. But I've come too far to quit now. Amen. I've come too far. I don't care. Listen, I, I can just see the devil smirk. I can see him just ah, I told you so, Punk. I can feel that, but I'm not going to let the devil see me quit at the last yard. Amen. That's where these men were at. They said, we're not going to quit. We're not going to stop right now. We're almost to the win- We're almost to the victory right here. And, and, and listen to me. If you get out of this fight that you're in too soon, your miracle is going to be too small. You've got to stay in there so God can grow that miracle. So that miracle becomes obvious that everybody knows that it was a mismatch. I remember coming to this church, Edgy would help me out, and I'd sit in the very, very back when I had that cancer, that liver cancer, I was like, Skeletor, man. I was down to nothing, a little skinny thing, puking blood four or five times during the church service. I'd sit in the back, Edgy would take me to the bathroom so I could puke blood and come back in. I, I could hardly walk, I'd be sick for two days afterwards because I was so wore out from that. But I would refuse to quit because God was in this house. I needed to feel God, and if I quit too small, then, then, then there's no miracle. Hey, I got healed of a cold. Well, thank God for that. We're not downgrading that, but when you get healed of liver cancer, it's a different story because the miracle gets bigger, because the battle was bigger, because there was a challenge. There was something there, and I, I want to tell you, the thought of, of victory really, really becomes sweet when, you, when you're fighting through a, a painful situation, and you're struggling, and all of a sudden, you start to get breakthrough. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but I remember God spoke to me four times in those 12 years I was at UCSD Medical Research Center. Four times. And that fourth time, when God spoke to me, I felt his power going to me. It was amazing. And just within a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm up and going again. It was just like a miracle and it, because it was a miracle. I was no match for that, but God was a match for it. Amen. Amen. We're often taught, you know, that, that we don't. We, we learn about money. We learn about all these things, which is all good. But nobody teaches us how to fight the fight and how to steward our pain. Sometimes you have pain, my friend. Sometimes you lose a limb. Sometimes you lose a loved one. You lose a, uh, something precious to you. You lose your own mind. You lose something in life. You do something stupid. How many of you have ever done anything stupid? Oh, I, I, not too many hands went up right there. I can tell you, I've done something stupid about every other day. Amen. But I thank God he never forsook me. How many of you are thankful that God never forsook you, no matter what you did? And he'll take that frustration, he'll take that pain, he'll take that stuff, and he'll push you into the next season, and he'll get glory out of it. That's what God's about. Amen. Can anybody agree with me about that tonight? Listen, if I'm going to go through pain, I don't want to go through it and come out the same way I went in. If I'm going to go through pain, let me get something out of that pain. Let it prosper me in some way. Let it teach me something. Let it propel me into my future. Let it empower me. Let God get glory out of it some kind of way. Don't just let me go through it and suffer and get up and be done. That's stupid. Amen. I want to get up. I want to fight. I want to believe God. How about you today? That's the kind of people we are in this church. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of people God's called us to be. There's going to be a lot of things going on. There's going to be a lot of people saying stuff. Churches are going to get slandered, but you're going to have to decide, are you going to fight right-handed or left-handed or any hand? you got to figure out how to do this thing. Amen. I can tell you that whatever choice you make will make you. Hallelujah. You can either throw in the towel or you can say, God, what do you want to do right here? And I'm going to tell you what God's going to say. I'm not finished yet. God's not finished. If there's not a miracle, God's not finished. God's not finished yet. And so God's telling you and I that we're not finished either. That we've got to get up. We've got to fight. We've got to believe God. We've got to reach out. We've got to grab hold of it. we got to say, I'm believing you for it, Lord. Amen. Romans, uh, Psalms, excuse me, 118, 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. You've got to have a choice. I don't care what's going on in your life. Choose to be glad. Choose to rejoice. It didn't say be happy. Because be happy you can be unhappy. But joy you can't be unjoy. Amen. Your kids, your boss, your spouse, all these people are, are, are going to think you're going crazy, folks. But i got to tell you, you have a choice. you got to make a stand. you got to wake up in the morning and say, this is the, 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 this is the day the Lord has made. And all this is going on in my life, and I, I'm broken down, I'm beat up, I feel horrible, I, I've done dumb things, I've done this. But God, you made this day, and I choose this day to worship you, to rejoice in you, to believe in you, and to fight for what you're doing in the earth. Amen. Everybody say, I choose. I choose. Say it again, I choose. I choose. Amen. You gotta play with what you've got left. You may not have two hands like the person sitting next to you. You may not have a fancy car like that person. Or a nice house or whatever. You may not have what they have. But you have something you can play with. you gotta, you got to play with the hand you've got dealt. Amen. you got to do it. And they were handpicked by God because it was a mismatch. And God knew that those 700 men would go out there on that battlefield and they would turn the tide of the battle. And that everybody in the whole world at that time would know and understand that it was God that did this thing through these people and that's what God's getting ready to do right now my friend God's going to show the whole world that he's God through through his people again God has a remnant people amen God always has a people Elijah said it's only I Lord and God said I got 7,000 I'm going to tell you something God's got a people and it's you and us You and I, and we're going to believe God for this thing, and we're handpicked, and this is the story of it. This is the shout of it. This is the miracle of it, that they went out there, and they did not quit, but they kept on fighting. And number three, you have to be determined to be better with what you have than what you lost. Can I say that again? Is it on the board? I don't have to say it. You can read it. (laughs) You can't always live on what was. You need to live on what will be. If you live looking back, memory's a beautiful thing, but it can take you backwards. What you gotta have is a dream. You gotta go forward. You gotta believe God. You gotta have vision. You gotta press into it. You gotta understand there are gonna be fights. Everything's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be a piece of cake all the time. It's gonna be some tough fight, but those fights are what bring the champion out of you. It's what makes you develop, it's what grows you. There's this one um, we was back in West Virginia and there's a hillbilly coach back there a little basketball team he, and so what he did is he took all the players out on his team and he tied their right hand behind them so they had to learn how to dribble with their left hand these little guys are trying to dribble with their left hand once they got to where they could dribble the ball then he had them shoot with their left hand once they got to where they could shoot with their left hand he started blocking their shots and when he's blocking their shots, they got all kind of upset. They got all kind of frustrated. And he said, do you, do you think your opponent cares about your weakness? That's what the coach told those boys. And I want to say, Do you think the devil cares about your problems? Do you think he cares? He's the one inflicting them. He's the one trying to defeat you. He's the one blocking your shots. Amen. And I want you to hear this. You, you, you've got to learn how to be better with what you have left than what you lost. These guys, I bet you, I bet you, I don't know, the scripture doesn't say, but I bet you they couldn't have hit that horsehair with their right hand before they lost that hand. It was when they practiced with the left hand they learned how to do that. So they learned how to use what they had left at better than what they'd lost in their life. And the same thing's gonna happen for you, friend. I know you've lost some things. I know you've been hurt. I know you've been through some struggles. I know there's all kinds of rebellions and witchcraft and all kinds of stuff going on in your life. Listen to me. you got to learn to be better with what you have than what you lost. Somebody shout amen. These 700 men, i got to tell you, to lose your right hand would be tough when you're a soldier, when you're a warrior. That's all they knew was battle. And they lost their right hand, and they're called the sons of the right hand probably why they cut the enemy cut it off they had endured a lot they had encountered a lot but they had a mentality i'll be better with my left hand than i was with my right hand and i'll fight stronger than i've ever fought in my life and you're going to be sorry for taking my right hand amen i'm coming out with everything i've got and that's the attitude that god can take your pain and turn it into power god will take your pain and turn it into power if you'll start to fight like you have both hands amen God has something. Listen to me. God had something in mind when that pain came, and he'll turn it for your power. He'll turn it around. God does not always follow all the rules that we think he should follow. Are you hearing me? He made Samson marry a Philistine woman. It was against scripture, against the church, against his family, against everybody. Nobody thought he was right to fall in love with uh, uh, this, this woman, Delilah. But the Bible says God was in it. God put that in his heart. Why? Because God was picking a fight. God knew that there was going to be a fight that would come out of that. God was picking a fight. And I want to say to you, sometimes God takes your pain, he turns it around, he picks a fight out of it to bring glory to his name. Amen. He'll use you as a weapon. He'll empower you. He'll strengthen you. He'll lift you up. Amen. There's a miracle in that mismatch because that's where God can reveal himself. If it wasn't for the mismatch, you would have got trapped. You'd have got overcome. You'd have got into a pity party. But God brings a mismatch that everybody knows that it's only God that can do this. You would have been dead in the water, but God reached down and touched your life. You'd have been out there on the streets, a drug addict, lost forever, but God reached down and pulled you out. Amen. Now God wants to take your life, turn it around, and use it for power. Somebody shout amen. amen. I know it's hard. I'm almost done here. Just a simple message tonight. I know it's tough. But I want to say to you, in your aloneness, in that place of frustration, in that place of discouragement, that's a place of power. All you have to do is decide, I'm not quitting right here. I'm going forward. I'm not going to let this pain determine who I am. This is not who I am. I am, God has his hand on my life. I'm going to turn this pain into a promise. I'm going to turn this into a promise. And that promise is, my God said he'll never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. And no matter what I've gone through, no matter what I've done, no matter what's happened to me, my God will never forsake me. God will lift me up. God will use my life. God is looking for me to come back into the fight. And God will always be with me. His promises he'll always be with me. And I believe God's going to help me somehow, some way, some, something. God's going to do something in my life. Amen. When I laid in that hospital room and I laid there sick, so sick I could hardly think. I knew that it wasn't over yet because I still had fight I could still feel it I couldn't do it my body wouldn't move but my my spirit was alive and that doctor told me he said I was a study patient so they used me in a study program that doctor said if you ever get sick again come back I've never met a man with such spirit as you it wasn't I'm great I'm not great the Holy Ghost came in that room the Holy Spirit came in that room. He strengthened me. He caused my spirit man to rise up. And I determined I'm not, going to, I'm not going to lay down and just become this. I'm not going to die slow like this. I'm going to stand up and fight for my sons. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my wife. I'm going to believe God for this thing. I'm not going to quit. I can see a victory line at the end. I'm going to press on now. Amen. I, I heard one Olympian the other day he was talking about he he was just done his legs were cramped up He couldn't move anymore and he saw the finish line. He said all I had to do was see that finish line I found the power to run again And you got to see the finish line. God's not done with you yet God's not done with your family yet. God's not done with your life yet. Your family, he's got something special for you. The Bible says that he said a joy for the joy set before him he endured the cross. Jesus saw that if he went through that cross, thousands of people would be birthed into the kingdom of God. He under he saw you and me that 2000 years ago. He saw our lives and saw that with if he would go through that struggle, he could reach all of us. And I'm telling you, if you go through your struggle, you can reach your family, you can reach your friends, you can reach your neighborhood, you can reach this state. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength, Nehemiah says. The joy of the Lord. So you got to press on. you got to believe God. I I like that old song. We, We sing it sometimes. God takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it for good. How many of you remember that song? Oh, that wasn't too old. Okay. You guys broke into some oldies tonight. I was in there listening to you. Ooh, I said, come on, they're going to do Jesus on the main line next. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to bow your heads. It's a simple message tonight. All of us get hurt. Everybody. You're not the only one that's struggling, my friend. And we, we're sorry you're going through it. We, we have empathy. We love you. We care. We have compassion. But somewhere you're gonna to have to make a choice. We can't make that choice for you. You gotta decide, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna believe God for this thing. I know it looks totally impossible. I, it looks like I can't fight. I, I don't have the equipment or the, the, the wherewithal to f- battle anymore. You gotta to learn to use what you have. Take what you have and turn it around and let it become a weapon for God. Amen. Our heads are bowed for a moment. I wanna to talk to those of you that are wounded right now. Now I'm not talking about, uh, how do I say it? You're going through some tough stuff. And inside, you're in this fight I'm talking about. It's, it's just like you, you've lost half your team. You, 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 you don't have no, no, what would seem like strength. It's a total mismatch. It's like the devil's got the upper hand somehow. It's like you have no control over what's happening to you. You've lost your, you've lost your ability to, to war. God says, that's exactly where I'm going to come in and meet you. I'm going to meet you right there. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to teach you how to use your other hand. You are chosen. And God chose these 700 men for the battle that they were getting ready to go into to have a great victory. Listen, because God can trust you with the trouble that you're in. Some of you are in some pretty good Situations, but God can trust you. Stand up and believe in God again. Fight for God again. Get your prayer life back again. Get your study back again. Get your evangelism back again. God needs to be able to trust you. And in return, in return as God can trust you to stand up and take your left hand and wind up that sling and throw it till he can hit the horse's hair, God says, if, you, if I can trust you to keep on, even though you miss time and time again, you keep on, you won't quit, then I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to cause that shot, that aim to become perfect. I'm going to heal your left hand in such a way that it's stronger than you had with both hands. I'm going to make you a, a weapon of warfare. And victory is going to be yours. That's what God will do if he can find somebody he can trust in the battle. Let's stand all over this room for a moment. There's somebody in here tonight that you you really are struggling with some physical problems. I keep sensing kidneys. I don't know why I keep sensing that. But there's some real struggles physically, and you feel like quitting. You feel like, what's the good? I'm, I'm on the... I'm going to have to go to dialysis. Maybe you're already on dialysis. You feel like everything's degenerating, going the wrong way. Listen to me. God will get in the middle of that mismatch. God will get right in the middle of it. God will help you in your relationships. He'll get right in the middle of it. Don't quit. You've come too far to quit. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He's right beside you. Can he trust you? If that's you tonight, if you're in the middle of a mismatch, if you're in the middle of a battle,